Hello, welcome to the Hanky Panky Podcast. My name is Hank, I'm your host, and I'm here with my good friend, Siraj. Clap, everyone. Yeah. My sober friend, close friend, who happens to be a client for sex workers or providers, whatever you like to call them. So I figured we'd have a good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so normally I ask like how you got into sex work and of that sorts, but it's now the other way around. Like, how did you go about, um, I guess, finding a sex worker that you felt safe with that you interacted with? Well, I think so. What sex work provide did mainly in the beginning, but you know, still to this day is um, it establishes like a safe place to kind of figure out what I'm into, what I feel comfortable with, that kind of stuff. Right? In a safe way too. Yeah. And and the thing is there's it's very it's like straightforward, you know, there's there's like a set time limit, there's boundaries. Right. Um, there's an understanding there. And the thing is I think I mean maybe I'm speaking for a, f- a few other people, but uh, I went to sex work bringing I guess my own confusion with just interpersonal relationships in general. Right. Sex is a whole thing. Yeah. And it, the thing is like, I I think I, I was like, I having been friends with a lot of sex workers and a lot of like, especially when I was, when I was up in Seattle, uh, a good amount of my friends were, uh, I guess they did a lot of street based work Mm. and And I was very familiar with, like, that world in a way. But what I also learned was, like, these are the people that I could also talk to the easiest. um, Because, unfortunately, trauma is a difficult thing to talk about with, you know, your average college student. (laughs) I can imagine. Um, And so I just didn't I just didn't feel like I understood how to make friends, how to talk to people or anything like that. Right. Right. And. I think I I don't want to use the word destigmatize necessarily, but I think being close to friends that did a lot of sex work made it like a pretty accessible avenue. It was something that I was like, there's no, I don't have any second thoughts. Right, like you saw that. them as people. It wasn't like, yeah. a, oh, you're just this person who does this thing. Right, and I think uh, coming from like an Indian immigrant background, like there's like a little bit of like a like it's it's tricky i i came into like a lot of like my friendships and early like romantic relationships with this understanding that i was always supposed to have figured everything out and mm-hmm. i was supposed to be able to read people and i did not have that ability <laughs> i did not either my parents had an arranged marriage oh really yeah holy shit how old were they uh my dad was 30 and my mom was 24 I think. oh wow and they still together yeah Checking to see your tattoo of there. (laughs) Confirming confirming the age difference. Um, But so I just didn't understand people very well. And honestly, the thing that really drew me into seeing a provider for the first time was the idea of, uh, was it GFE? Yeah, girlfriend experience. Yeah. And a lot of my, a lot of my initial interactions with seeing a provider really to this day is just someone to talk to. Right. Which is crazy. I know. Well, that's it's crazy to a lot of people who 
aren't either a client or a provider because for me I know that is the experience like yeah. like most of my especially even like relating it to the strip club most of the people who wanted to come back and back and back like I know personal details about their life right. it wasn't as there obviously was a tiny bit of sexual undertone but depending on the person sometimes there wasn't even that right. like the option was possibly there but they wanted to have a safe place to talk normally you really can't underestimate how many people want to talk to a hot person <laughs> about themselves. No, it's true. And especially like I think with the exchange of money, like you're paying for their time. So right. therefore it's not it's not as scary as just like a random hot person on the street. There's no the the insecurity for a lot of, for a lot of it kind of goes away. And for me a lot of uh body dysmorphia issues that keep me from like enjoying sex in general mm. because I have to do that thing where when I'm having sex, I'll immediately go into the POV of that person, what they're seeing, <laughs> and then I want to just completely stop all, everything. Abort. Just, just back out, you know? <laughs> no, I relate to that, for sure. And then having that space with someone who's, like, obviously you're paying for their time. It's They're not, like, disgusted and or thinking anything other than, like, how can I have a good time with this person? How can I make them feel safe? Yeah. Normally, if they're doing a good job. Right, and the, I mean, early on when I was when I first started seeing like provider, and like it's weird because like my first I lost my virginity to a provider. Tell me about that. So we go back. I want to hear that. But what? How did you find out where to find someone? Uh, forums. Forums, right? I mean, there's a lot of people have told me different things. Yeah. That's why I was curious. I mean, so it, I remember look because I, I got. So when I moved down to LA, I was I got sober in uh, like the Gardena, mm. Torrance area, okay. which I found out is very well known for quote unquote massage parlors. Oh, okay. And so, like, I was coming from a place of like, I was twenty three when I had sex for the first time, like. Consensually. Consensually. Yeah, in a safe I mean? environment. Yeah. Which I think counts as your first time having sex. Any yeah, sex that's would, unconsensual so. doesn't fucking count. Take would, them off I your fuck list. So. Yeah. Um and so I like I I was just like walking around with all of this like self hatred and trauma and um I didn't know like it it's it sucks because like when you walk around with like shame about sex, mm. it can turn into an obsession around sex too where you're like i if i have this and it feels good then it'll fix what happened before right and so the, initially that's kind of what made me seek it out so in the beginning it was just like looking for a provider in my area right you know i think a lot of people can relate to that though because i i mean this is another example and honestly trigger warning i'm just adding this and it's in the caption but we're gonna we are close friends so we are gonna talk about like very personal traumas, rape, assault, things like that. If that is something that triggers you, don't listen. 100% understandable. But what I was going to say is I remember the first time I was assaulted. And then afterwards, I was like so ashamed, but weirdly so overly sexual. Like I wanted to rewrite my history in a way. I was like, well, if I fuck all these people and I have a better experience, maybe that wasn't as bad. Or maybe I can fix what's in my head. Right. And that doesn't necessarily work, but I did the same thing. Right. So I can 100% relate to that. Well, so sex, sex and power, I think, are like one in one. Mm. And the the whole idea is like sex, whether we like it or not. And I'm not speaking for folks that are like 
consistently asexual, aromantic. Right. Um, but I'm not really speaking for anyone other than myself, but um, sex is a part of identity. Mm. Sex is a part of the self. It's part of the ego. It's part of like, I want, even if nobody knows what my bedroom life looks like, it defines how I talk to people, how I engage with people, everything like that, right? Yeah. Um, even on, on like a very small level. So the thing is like, I if I have insecurity in one area of my life, that insecurity bleeds everywhere. Right. So sex work was like a big place for me to like talk openly about it. And, and like, and I hate being the guy that's just like, books an hour to complain that's the best client but like that's you that's what it looked like in the beginning a lot of the t- in fact a lot of my first experiences seeing um providers was like it was like halfway through i i stopped and i couldn't do it right well so you you were on forums you found how did you decide like oh this is a good vibe check you just were like no i walked in i i picked i picked uh i guess because the reality is, I think, uh, I wasn't in a position financially <laughs> no, I understand to, that. to kind of see somebody that I would necessarily, like, be able to screen. Mm. You know what I mean? Right, because we talk a lot about screening on our ends, but also, you know, there are, in all sides of things, there's people who are unsafe on both sides. Right. Right. There's scammers. There's people who are unsafe, maybe on drugs, especially if you're newly sober. Like that is a thing. So screening does cost money. Background checks, things like that. Plus references. The thing is, a lot of places where uh, I guess in the lower financial range um, are like not open air brothels, but like behind the doors brothels. Mm -hmm. So all my first experiences kind of just like i didn't know who i was gonna see i didn't know what they were gonna look like i didn't know what kind of person they were gonna be but it it was kind of like a thrill but it was also like you know i'm I'm walking into a situation where it's like i don't know what's gonna happen right um and i'm i i i want to point out that like by and large my experience with providers has been net positive mm-hmm. you know what i mean and right. especially because it's been i've been kind of on and off seeing uh folks for like five years right um but i think after like two or three years and like you know you know making more money and like being able to like stay over get a job and <laughs> well because there was also a thing where it was like um when you walk into sex with trauma you are in it, I, I'm initially driven to reinforce the trauma. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't realize that I was looking like, cause like I was confused why I would be like, I, I mean, I would go see a provider and like, I would be like the only thing I could think about. Right. But then I get there and I'm like, no, thank you. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's so intimate. Like I know, I think it's also like in my head, I think of sex as kind of like, Oh, everyone has sex. Like, I had a lot of casual sex. Was all of it consensual? No. Was all of it good? Absolutely not. But I'm like, oh, it should be an easy thing. And then I get into the situation, and I'm like, holy shit, this is actually terrifying. Right. Especially sober. 
Right. When I give me some drugs, give me six lines and like a half a bottle of tequila and like I can do anything because I'm not really all there. But you take all of that away, then I'm faced with anxiety and my trauma and I'm like, fuck. Right. I mean, I I didn't I wasn't like getting high in a party kind of way either. So I wasn't I wasn't like around people that were like having casual sex necessarily. Mm. Um the people I was around when I was getting when I was getting high was like uh, flat out rapists, um, mm. pedophiles, like just just high risk people, just dangerous people. Because I was doing heroin, I was doing meth, I was like homeless. You know what I mean? So right. I wasn't around people being like, "We're at the bar, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pick up chicks." It was like it was like a six year old with his fourteen year old girlfriend. Oh yeah. Um, who I would like rent out my bed for them in exchange for like dope. Right. You know. This is not much casual sex. There's happening. no casual. There's nothing casual. About and this, this is like kind of a personal question, but I, and I've never done heroin. I've done a lot of uppers. That's my speed. I've heard heroin doesn't make you horny. Is that true? I mean, it affects people differently, but I do, if, by and large, opiates are not a big. It's not a sex. You're not because take... it lowers your blood flow, and when you lower your blood flow, different yep. things stop working. But right. I, I've I have friends that are like the opposite, where it's like meth makes them turned off mm. and then heroin so it's, keeps it's case by case what was your first can you explain to me your first interaction like do you remember a lot about it like what what it was like when you got there what it was like seeing the person and what it was like talking to them so the first time i saw a provider um it was in gardena and uh there was a <laughs> don't shake your head <laughs> it was terrible uh because i did not understand i didn't know what a door fee was What's a door fee? A door fee is to get in to the brothel. Right. I thought that was the provider fee. Right. So I came with all the money I had, and I was like, here's $100. Mm. And they're like, come on in. And then I got a take. I went to uh, this room with, like, a blue light bulb. You know what I mean? It's just, like, dark. Yeah. And, like, they brought – they're like, you can pick one of these three. And the thing is, I have – awful night vision so i didn't know who i was picking i was like looking at silhouettes and i was like eeny meeny miny mo you you know <laughs> yeah if and then she came in and uh uh she started with like you know like massaging my legs and stuff and then she'll be like so it'll be a hundred dollars and i was like oh i already paid and she's like no no, no. that's to get in mm. so i didn't have any more money <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so she's like, you could jerk off and leave. And I was like, oh, we'll take it. A dub is a dub. <laughs> Not the no pay. <laughs> that was my first experience. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, clearly I'm not very smart. No, I mean, there's not a lot. It's not like there's an online, like, here are the rules. Like, yeah. here's, the, here's the things you should do, obviously. That's not something you would do now, but figuring it out is like, case by case i guess i mean it is but it isn't there's a lot of common sense to this stuff and there's a lot of like um like early on it was like asking questions just Mm -hmm. being like so what so moving forward how should i go about any of this you know what i mean right i learned the i learned that by paying cash like i learned not to use like certain terms Mm -hmm. um i learned that uh you had to you like like what's crazy is that 
Um, I think as a client, I don't particularly in the beginning. I wouldn't res- I wouldn't like fully understand the risk involved for the provider in mm-hmm. in this interaction. Well, because you yourself was a safe person. Yeah. But they, a lot of people aren't. Well, I mean that I I like to think that's what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's also like the legality of it all. Well, that's also true. Yeah. Um, like I didn't re- like. Like sex work is still heavily criminalized. Like, which is crazy to me. My therapist also says that. She always says that that's insane. There's a lot of people in the world who their only safe sex interaction is through a provider. It and that's how it's been for me. I mean, my only healthy sexual experiences have been via a provider, really. Um, romantic relationships that I've had that or like any kind of sexual relationships would just hit these like aggressive walls of like trauma, gaslighting, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. where I had to like walk away from my own safety, you mm-hmm. know, or I didn't walk away and I just chose Ouch. to participate in unhealthy dynamics. Right. You know what I mean? But sex work was always like, you know, I respected that people would tell me how it is. Yeah. You know? How was losing your virginity? Because obviously you just jerked off and that was the only first interaction. But, like, how long did it take for you to feel comfortable enough to have sex? I think it was, I think a few months after that, um... So the, I had to be in a position in, in life where I could afford it mm-hmm. and I could also, um, like, not compromise, like, what, like, my living situation, per se, because at the time when I went to that brothel the first time, I was in a, in a highly structured sober living. Sober living. So it was, like, not, uh, it was frowned upon to go to brothel. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, Early sobriety brothels. They're not going to really say, not, go do not, that. They're not excited about that. No, no, no. Um, and so I think I lost my virginity a few months after that when I had moved out. And to be honest, I don't remember. Mm. Like, it didn't... It, it. So the thing I learned pretty quickly was that, like, sex is as in, integral to character as it might be. It's also... Uh, vastly overrated for me i also agree i just didn't i just didn't feel that different about myself and like that's the thing it's like these really naive expectations that uh somebody can fix me right Mm -hmm. and that's and like for me that's where i went to providers where it was like can you please fix this insecurity like well this well this situation changed my like past traumas Right. I, I often used to do that with relationships and people. Like, if I love you enough, if you love me enough, will this fix how broken I felt or how hurt I've been? Which is kind of unfair. It, it's incredibly it. unfair. It's selfish, yeah. Um, but I, it's not a conscious thought in that moment. But that's what you're doing, basically, is putting right. the expectation on the other person to solve your problems. Right. And maybe and maybe it it was easier to justify because there was a transaction involved and that's the thing Tra- money talks like money is easy for me to understand right you know what i mean people are not <laughs> so like well people are inconsistent exactly well x amount of dollars for x amount of time uh 
That's that's digestible. Like I can understand that. Yeah. And in the so in the beginning it was kind of like, you know, I would see I would go through an agency, um, in downtown LA. And uh, and just quite kind of quickly got exposed to like a different side of sex work, which was a little uncomfortable. What do you mean? Uh. So this agency rotated through people really fast mm. like women would be flown in from like japan korea and like they'd work for a month and then they'd go back um mm. but it was uh i don't know i so, it, like the thing with sex work is like i i think there's a lot of like from the outside, I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions about who a sex worker is and their and their motives, right? Okay. And uh, luckily, I've been able to be in touch with people or like listen to the right people who help me be become more educated about like not all sex workers are trafficked victims, like that kind of stuff, right? Oh yeah, I mean the stigmas around it are crazy no and and honestly not all of them are untrue but the way that they generalize it to all is always right. untrue then right there's so like the legality and like the logistics of it i don't think i i fully appreciated like quite how many things were being placed in front of a sex worker to just live their life and do their job right but i will say there was a month there where i was like these people don't seem to be doing this for themselves if, you, if you get my chance yeah so i walked away so the thing is so like i i like interacted with that and then i walked away from it um from just like well and like certain agencies like the thing is is that like there's hit and miss with everything but also certain agencies are fucking scummy i mean right. some people are obviously they're there's hundreds and thousands of people doing sex work there has to be a small percentage of people who are there against their will right right and some agencies don't give up not i was going to say most that's not true a fucking lot of agencies especially because it is so illegal they know they can get away with being shitty people right that's why i think if it was like decriminalized like that would make it safer for the people doing the job right it's not like oh it's gonna change society as a whole but it's like if you take away it being illegal, you can do things a lot safer, right? Yeah. You don't have to skirt around and listen to people and do it under the table. You could have a full legal way to screen, to accept money, to do it in a safe place, right? With the like security guard. That's, you, you can't obviously ever have that normally. Yeah. People do it as safe as they can. Especially, there's a lot of other, like I know a lot of uh, Canadian providers. Hmm amazing right like they have a whole screening process they have people who go with them they the person has to have six working escort references and like that's fucking amazing right here fuck that they don't care no (laughs) they don't give a fuck and it's like it's like the system is kind of set up to to bash uh clients and providers as Mm. much as possible um but the system does favor the client always um from a legal perspective, like from a financial perspective, like it's it's just that's the thing. So like decriminalizing sex work would be, you know, a great step in the right direction, but like 
destigmatizing right. sex work is, is almost it's the ultimate goal yeah. which i think before we ever get to that point we'd have to decriminalize it i think they go hand in hand no, but obviously in in the heavens above if we yeah. could have a perfect scenario it would be both <laughs> like we would have both that's why i was like um i think talking to friends uh i forget who put me on to trist mm. but like uh i was like how do i how do i how do i engage with this process because i i like seeing providers you know what i mean yeah it gives me comfort gives me security how do i engage with this process in a way that's like the least amount of negative impact you right. know what i mean and so early on i was like all right i'm not gonna go and this isn't to like shame uh providers that are like going through like you know those massage parlors or going through these agencies necessarily right but I do know that I have an option of like where I can pay. What's different about like um, different sites, for example, like Trist was like told it was like you know it's it's pretty much like the most straightforward like by a sex worker for sex workers yeah. type of. Um, but that's best case platform. scenario. Best case scenario, yeah. Right. The thing is. If if the law and like the stigmas around sex work were were set up in a way to protect those people, right? First and foremost, I think it would bleed. Oh, of course it would. Well, because so if there's a totem pole of like sex work safety hierarchy, yeah, the people who are doing the scariest most intense life-threatening work are the bottom of the totem pole they're right. the people who get the most hate they're the people who get killed the easiest like it's all of those things and yet they have the least amount of rights they get the, the least amount of pay they they're, get the harshest sentences exactly right yeah. and and well and the biggest sentence of all is people are killing them yeah. right and, and that happens in all the other things like there's shooting there's a shooting at my strip club there's shootings at brothels there's all those things but people on the street are doing literal actual in-person sex work truly yeah. Like in, in in its purest form, and they're the people who are at the most danger, who have no safety ever. I want to reemphasize to you that like I'm I'm I would consider myself a voyeur to all of this. You know what I mean? I'm an observer, and I like as I have my my personal relationship to doing sex work has been like camming at times, has been um, shooting videos mm-hmm. at times, but like fucking like i'm not neat i'm not privy you know what i mean yeah. i'm i'm in the, i'm a voyeur to this you know so yeah. it, a lot of these observations a lot of these like opinions that i have about sex work come from informed people you right. know what i mean i think that's the first step as like a a client yeah. or a, of somebody that like because here's the thing we all engage with sex work if you watch porn you engage with sex work. exactly you know what i mean um the first thing i do is i get informed right and so a lot of like it's like asking questions not necessarily okay well asking questions a little bit but like doing my own research first and foremost yes. because don't hassle no i mean if, if you want to ask questions pay them yeah. yeah yeah no yeah it would be asking questions when i would be on these like quote unquote dates but a lot of like um, exactly and that's a perfect time to ask questions not just casually like hey tell me your life story but like oh i'm paying for your time this is what i want to know that's perfect yeah yeah um there was also uh so i came from the bay area right mm-hmm. and there was this there's this thing called the uh bay area workers support right 
uh, Boz, which yeah. shouts out Boz. They're um, they're fucking cool. Uh, and a lot of my ideas about sex work come from interviews that people from Boz have done, right. have, like reading what they've had to say. Like my opinions about sex work should come from a sex worker. Yeah, that makes you know no I mean? sense to not. Like it, it. That's the thing. It was like. I'm not going to filter everything through, like, oh, here's what I think things should be. Like, no, mm-hmm. no. Like, I'm a layman. Layman. You know what I mean? Layman. I'm lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> also, it's, it's also important to note that, like, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm in a, in a financial position to do this, but I'm glad that the porn that i consume is purchased ethical porn yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i mean like ethically sourced it's like it's like fucking produce right it's it's like i mean <sighs> like it's not but it, that's what i always think when i hear it is it's like especially to people who i feel like consume i find this is just a generalization but mm. i find people who consume free porn have the biggest hatred not everyone but those are the people with the biggest opinions on sex work most of the time like i find people on especially like the death threats i get on twitter are people who are retweeting pornhub videos which you're watching porn for free you would think you'd be like i love sex workers thank you for the free content no it's not the case people who i find people who subscribe pay you know our clients whatever know what's happening they see what's going on they have an interpersonal relationship with sex workers and therefore they are more respectful like they see them as people whereas people are just overly consuming or gooning if you will for like porn (laughs) like over and over and over like they don't it's not it's a whole it's a body it's a i'm jacking off and then i'm disgusted by you which whatever but that's why they have those opinions is that they are not seeing them as people they are seeing it as like media they consume it's like you're not putting your money where your mouth is. You're not yeah. obligated to, to you. You don't find yourself obligated to give a shit. No. And and if you ever com- if you've ever come to free porn, and then you're saying you hate sex workers, then why the fuck did you nut? Like yeah. genuine question. Sex workers are doing a good enough job to make you climax. Like that is a service that they provide. Yeah. How can you hate that? Ethical porn consumption is a is a fucking strange topic. It's it's Nowadays, a topic that it, well a lot of people think it's like a privileged conversation to have. It kind of is, and I I do agree with that because yeah. not everyone can financially. People, some people cannot afford to buy porn. Right. But with that being said, if you can't afford to buy porn, then just be respectful of sex workers. That's right. it. That's bare minimum. Yeah, that's that should be the standard. Right. Um. Because it is it is a privileged point to be like, you have to pay, you have to do X, Y, and Z for this. Like, I understand that, especially right now with what's going on, like, people cannot, some people cannot even pay to live, let yeah. alone pay to watch porn. Yeah. Don't tell me to kill myself then on Twitter. Because you I have a paywall. <laughs> but you know what yeah. I mean? Like, just because I'm, I'm selling my content doesn't mean that. You just go watch porn for free and don't comment on my shit. Yeah. But, also, there's free OnlyFans. No, that's true. There's, I mean... Like, be be a homie and go subscribe to somebody for f- somebody's free page. Like all their stuff, boost their stats so they come up in the algorithm. Literally, um, 
like the most you could do is like and comment on people's shit. Yeah. Or like follow Obese. people, yeah. the follow people on Twitter and retweet their stuff if you don't have money. Like there's so many things you can do for free. Like comment, save things. Like there's a lot. Share posts, do things. Like yeah. money is not everything. And so the thing with retweeting and like engaging with porn, or sex work in whatever form on social media is like we kind of come back to the stigma conversation of people mm-hmm. being like i don't want to be associated with it. you know yeah. what i mean a lot of people are like oh yeah no i'm the, the people that are sending you death threats and like retweeting like uh porn hub uh ribs are doing it on burner accounts exactly you know what i mean like no and, and i can recognize that like porn is still hugely like stigmatized in the world like yeah. you go to illinois and you're you are someone who works in a corporate office and you're retweeting porn like you're probably gonna get fired yeah. that goes back to the conversation like destigmatize decriminalize do all these things but if you're gonna hate on a sex worker at least don't watch porn then yeah i'd, I'd say so but people can't they don't correlate the two they don't see like porn videos as people well i think that comes down to what's the, what's the company like mind geek mind geek mind geek owns Pornhub and a lot of the tube sites mm-hmm. so uh they're uh, i mean we're gonna we're gonna drift dangerously close to the no ethical consumption under capitalism <laughs> conversation yeah but like a lot a large reason why like it's weird, like, the, the biggest contributors to, like, porn's stigma comes from the actions and behavior and dynamics set by corporate systems that profit off of sex work mm. without being actually sex work. Well, that's, like, <clears throat> so valid, too, but that's, like, you know, Visa and MasterCard being, like, well, we won't let our cards be used right. for the... but. You were making money, like money, money. That's the same with the, even like, this is a whole side thing, but like OnlyFans when they wanted to ban porn, it's like, if I look at how much money I should have made versus the money after the money they took it out, yeah. it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. You are profiting off of us until it is no it longer convenient for you. Right. It's such a strange system too, because it's like, like, why, where is this is once again being an idiot on my end but like where is the difficulty in creating platforms for sex workers that maximizes the profit for sex workers and protects their rights as much as possible you know what i mean it does, that doesn't serve them that it doesn't serve them and also it doesn't serve the financial institutions that back it exactly you know that's a whole that's a whole thing yeah that i don't even feel like i'm not qualified enough to talk about i don't even think i am this, but no you're yeah. the thing is is that i want i want to reiterate like a lot of people sh- there are a lot of people who shouldn't have this conversation that do like two men with with microphones have podcasts all the time talking about this for free yeah. like they're, they're like yeah fuck that would you date a bitch with only vins and, and it's like why why are you? you have paid and tipped sex workers and interacted with them interpersonally like i think it's more than valid to have a conversation so i'm I, gonna say that so i have a question for you though so do you believe that OnlyFans has democratized sex work and made it more accessible for a net positive or do you believe that OnlyFans is having a net negative effect what do you mean net positive so if you look at um the hierarchy like what we talked about earlier of like um, you know, danger mm-hmm. and risk involved, like, you know, survival sex work, street-based sex work, all the way up to, like, 
pay sites of non-nudes, I guess, would yeah. be the one. Um, so OnlyFans has become like a part of like kind of like a cultural phenomenon in, in a way that I don't recall seeing. Well, unpopular with- opinion. This is I don't know if this will answer your question. Hmm. I am of the sex work haters of how massly it has it's almost the word would not be grooming okay but it's almost groomed a whole generation of people that think you start an OnlyFans account you make thousands of dollars so Mm. people who never wanted to be in sex work are now in sex work expecting to be millionaires yeah that is what scares me it it's it's fucked up too because a lot of those people don't i mean i don't i don't want to be like you didn't fucking hustle your way through you know what i mean but like uh idolatry and e-celebs making t- making money is like whatever off dude. of the back of sex work yeah that's like you don't what you don't me. you're not have if you're not fucking having the conversations about no you this, it's like bella thorne like yeah. I, it always goes back to it you want you don't want any of the stigmas you just want the benefits right. that's what bothers me i think OnlyFans is really good for a lot like including me like i will say OnlyFans is a privileged platform without OnlyFans, i would still be doing providing work and i would most likely not be able to stay sober that's not the case for everyone hmm. but for me going to OnlyFans, it was a privilege especially for my sobriety and for my safety right so i will say i think it is positive when it is used properly right but to expect everyone in the world to use the site and to care about sex workers and to benefit in the way that we want to it's it's unrealistic i think it's given the platform to people who know nothing about this and has thrown them into something that is dangerous when used like that right um it it also like um when only fans uh did that shift moments for a little bit there mm-hmm. uh, of like no more adult stuff uh you had a lot of people who were financially reliant on that form of sex work who were yeah. either going to turn to street based um, i would have immediately gone back to i yeah. would have texted i was thinking i was like this is a conversation i actually have to have obviously i will try to adapt to go to another site some people will join not enough people to pay my rent realistically right. i'm not in the top zero 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 one percent where i'm making two million dollars a month yeah. right like i'm not even covering a 50th of that like so i was like am i willing to go back okay maybe i could go to the strip club but that is also now oversaturated because of TikTok and because mm-hmm. of social media as people are saying oh you don't have to do anything you go and then that's a whole other thing i think just the mass um I don't know the right word, but just how many people are feeding like fake narratives about sex work is what's really like oversaturating and and damaging to sex work. Sorry, it's getting really passionate. And then my fucking podcast. The government stepped in. (laughs) JP Morgan stepped in. Visa, MasterCard. No, my podcast thing died. But what I was saying is I I genuinely was having the conversation with myself and sentiment and like people. And I was like, should I hit up old like clients like should i start at least because if this is a thing that is going to randomly disappear should i have my toe in all these other waters right and it's like thank god i was sober long enough that i was like i think i can do this sober but i also was like realistically i remember how unsafe i was personally i wasn't going through agents i wasn't doing screening i was honestly literally vibe checking which is the worst thing you can do And I was like, I don't know if this is worth it. Like, I'm going to try to switch it over. Maybe I'll, I was like, maybe I'll start camming again full time. But it was like, you could see the people who, it was funny. There was like people 
happy about it. Like they were yeah. like, haha, thank God. And it's like, there's hundreds of thousands of people right now who have that are working paycheck to paycheck, right? Like people think sex workers are millionaires. It's like, I've had months where I make less than rent. And then the last day I'm like, do like I either will do something or I will do a private show for someone or I have a client that like will pay me for a custom. It's like something so that I can pay my rent. But like for that to happen, I was like, fuck, this is going to send. And that's why there's a whole conversation with sex workers around like fuck only fans. Like we need a platform. Like I know fansly a lot of people like I haven't switched over yet just because. That's what, um, what's her name uses? Who? Now what's the one that, uh. Anna Angel. Oh no, no that's that's, Cam, that's soda. Cam, soda. Cam soda. And I and and uh, they made me. They were like, you should make an account because it's that Cam site will stay yeah. up. It's obviously they love sex workers X Y Z. But again, like that's like my last podcast episode. I was talking about like the things you think when you start sex worker. Like, oh, my family's gonna find out. True. Like, banks are gonna decline me. True. Realistically, it's everything's gonna be taken away at any time yeah. i never have any financial security like around volatile profession. right like how how adaptable am i right. like am i and so like really like i was writing down like pros and cons of each sites like googling the shit out of things like i got approved for so many like fan centro and like random sites like everyone i know was so many people were applying to new sites that the sites were crashing like every site would be like, we have to get back to you in three to five business days. And it's like, some people can't go three to five business days without making money because they didn't, I don't know. It's just, yeah, they're just not in the position. Like it's, but that's so back to your question. I think OnlyFans for people who use it in a positive way and are doing it genuinely, I think it is positive, but not everyone is like that. I think it has, I don't like the word groomed, but I think it has groomed a lot of people into a false narrative of you're going to make a lot of money and it's not something that's going to last with you forever. Right. So. OnlyFans, it also seems like um, it almost oversaturated the market. I think I think COVID honestly did that. I'm going to be honest. That makes sense. I think if uh, COVID never happened, I mean, horrible time. A lot of people I know that were doing in-person work were not willing, which makes sense because I wasn't, to risk their life. Like immunocompromised people, like disabled people were not willing to, to go see clients and get COVID. And then especially if they were living with their family or that like it just wasn't worth it to a lot of people so a lot of people switched over to online sex work during covid Mm. and then with the rise of tiktok because of covid because everyone was home and then the media of people being like well here's how much i made in one month on OnlyFans." like that is really when the downfall and the oversaturated like saturation started yeah it's 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 kind of like a lot of people getting into a field uh without come closer without doing their research oh yeah and not becoming informed um i feel like if you participate in any field you you have an obligation to like get acquainted you're not going to be a doctor without studying first yeah but you should also not be a doctor without advocating for the people who are you know like what you be if you're a good doctor you should advocate for your nurses right right like well, and, and also, like, this is a whole thing, too, like, with the doctor advocate for your nurses. Like, there's a lot of new OnlyFans people who hate on street sex workers. Yeah. The people who who built up the profession. Like, without prostitution and escorting and 
providing, we would not have sex work that we have today. Yeah. So people are very selfish, very selfish and privileged in that way that people forget where do we you, came from. Do you see that though happening prior to OnlyFans too though? Like, oh, yeah. stri- like you know, strippers I think hating on escorts. yeah well again the higher up of the safety pole like strippers and this is a weird example but like sugar babies who don't have to have sex Mm. which is very few and far between hate on people who are having sex um and a lot of people a lot of people have always hated on porn i think porn is because it's I don't know what it is. Maybe because they think it's a a lifelong thing that stays with you, or they they themselves have internalized whorephobia and they think it's dirty. But I remember strippers being like, "Ew, I could never do porn." And it's like, I just pop my pussy on stage with you for two dollars. What yeah. do you mean you could never do porn? Like, I'm here with you, but I also would never say that. Yeah. Like, I think it's there's always it's the same for like. Well, if, like for an example, like gay men hating on lesbians or you know like turfs that are gay it's like this is not adding up yeah like there it's there's always like inside of groups people being like i haven't thought about the term swerf in a a while oh yeah i remember swerf like that was like i feel like i heard it a lot in like 2018 yeah sex worker exclusionary radical Radical feminism yeah feminism yeah which they say like if you they say that sex work is catering to the male gays yeah like the like and it and it's funny because what is that quote where it's like even when this is butchered as fuck i don't remember what it is but like even the act of pretending you're not living for men is living for men yeah like i forget that quote someone listening right now is going to know exactly what i'm talking about it's like if your feminism doesn't include something it's not it's like that's the whole point of feminism right, right. it's not about misandry or misogyny it's like it's about equality that's it so to exclude a huge group of people from that makes no fucking sense but i remember that being a huge huge thing yeah what so going back to um like providers and clients like relationship did you find you had a person that you would go back to that you were really comfortable with oh yeah what was that like um So, there's been a handful of folks that I would go back to, I I mean, not necessarily consistently, but, like, instead of looking for a different provider, I would just kind of hit up these folks. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I mean, this is going to sound sad, but, like, I just want someone to be nice to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I so providers that were like just very nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? People you could trust and Yeah, it, it like I found myself being like able to kind of go back to them, catch up with them, um talk about so it was well, It's it, very personal. Yeah. I mean, like I I used to have I wasn't It's therapeutic. Again, I wasn't that good of a provider, but in the times in which that I, I mostly had regulars, like people who 
either were very uncomfortable with sex or just wanted to talk to someone. And, like, I could see them, like, relax when they knew I remembered something they had said or, like... That's so big. Like, we had talked about something and I was like, oh, I actually looked this thing up. And they were like, oh, like, you, this isn't fake. Like, you care about me. And a lot of people do. Like, it, it is a very trusting, like, situation. You have to, like, become both sides of it. Yeah. Because you can tell if someone's, like... Because we've kind of talked about this off uh, the mic, off the air... You're sober. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm sober too now. A lot of providers like to get drunk because I did. I was on mean drugs, like mean drugs. Like I was on one sometimes when talking to people. And I can only imagine how comfortable that, uncomfortable that made them to show up and I'm like fucked up. Whereas I thought it was like the baseline of my I've personality. Had, I've had three different times where it turned into a 12 step call. Mm. Where like, they just started asking, like, so you're not on doing anything? Like, how? You know what I mean? We yeah. would have that conversation. Um, I mean, personally, I don't think you should see a provider on any substance because it's unsafe, it's unpredictable, and it put, it compromises their safety mm-hmm. and your safety in general. Um, I mean, I think people like to, like, really hype up this, like, party type atmosphere but like the reality is is like they are there to provide a service so if you come blown out like you're not you're not making their job fucking easier they're not having more fun by you making it higher risk you know the only time uh my friends and i would enjoy it is when someone had like severe coke dick (laughs) (laughs) or like um but even then like i had people be very violent to me on coke so that's that is a bad joke but like that is truly like we would laugh about it like not in like a haha look at them but in like a oh like we ended up just having to talk which we liked yeah but then you're talking to someone on a bunch of blow and right like, but and then if, if you, if you karma and like, you want to hear about my business idea yeah. i was like yeah i guess sure yeah <laughs> front remember payment up front <laughs> yeah did you pay me fine you could talk to me about this did you so you've had sex obviously not with providers as well (laughs) you've had sex (laughs) how is how is sobriety and sex for you uh well all my sex has been in sobriety (laughs) that's true but um, no it has been um fucking terrible but (laughs) 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 terrible Uh, okay so here's the thing so being sober what it does is it provides a framework for you to work on yourself right so for me my experience with getting sober through you know 12 step pro 12 step program is it opened up room for me to observe how it is i interact with myself or the world right yep which includes how do i interact with sex how do i interact with people i'm attracted to how do i interact with trauma etc yes so the first thing that happens when you get sober and then you start being intimate with people is a radical amount of self-awareness like steeps in and for me that shifted so fast into shame at first Mm -hmm. where i was like oh this is wrong kill (laughs) nice (laughs) no you know i mean uh it's just because i here's the thing like as somebody that's like has a lot of uh self had a lot of self-hatred and suicidal ideation 
uh, in the beginning, uh, combining that with self-awareness was like painful, right? I can agree. Um, but here's the reality. I think being sober and, and I'm not saying sobriety fixes this. I mean, engaging on a, like for me, like on, in a spiritual way with yeah. life, which means, uh, quote unquote, being a good person. Um, what it's done is it's made the sex that I have less shame based mm, yeah and less harmful to both parties like you know what i mean like it, i don't think uh i was like i had the language to describe it before i got sober but like i didn't realize how much of a sex pest i would be sex pest yeah or like manipulative or gaslighty or like selfish in general like mm. and i'm not saying like i'm absolved of all sin now but what it, what the reality is is like every area of my life i can engage with in a healthy way because i prescribe to a spiritual way of life right yeah. um well for me it's choosing if i want to right. do it in a healthy way now now yeah, i have the, it, choice. have the choice before then i didn't have the choice and people who like drink and smoke and do things casually that never applies to them. Like, they normally have a choice either way, whether they're fucked up or not. Like, you and I can relate to complete oblivion. It's yeah. not like I was using in a fun way. I was out of my mind trying to escape life at every second I could. Yeah. Therefore, I never had the choice of going into things in a healthy way because I wasn't ever engaging in healthy behavior. Not even one time. Like, the thing is... and. Having somebody that you can, you know, pay for a service and pay for some of their time gave me the room to, and, you know, this obviously, like, look, you're a, a provider's not your therapist. Like, they're not here to fix you. They're not here to, like, uh, unmask you or, like, break you down, right? So this is all from my my POV, right? Yeah. Um, but having, uh, so, like, folks that I could go see that i could just be like i'm having a hard time was incredibly helpful like the honesty yeah because i don't want to tell i mean now i have friends that i could like fuck i'm having a hard time but like early on too or even when i wasn't sober like i couldn't just be like i'm having a hard time yeah like i couldn't even admit that to myself yeah if it's weird it's actually like all the if you go through like my DMs, right on OnlyFans or whatever, yeah, I I subscribe to people that I think are cool, and like I cool don't, personality. Yeah, I I really don't engage with people sexually. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's just me. Like I I just, I know I, I have a lot of people like that. I'm, I just I'm don't not kidding. feel sexual in general. You know what I mean? Um, like bordering asexuality or just like low sex drive low sex drive um and also like valuing like or or maybe it's just like attachment style and like love mm-hmm. language type stuff where it's just like you know i like holding hands and talking to people and like telling them how cool they are that's what gets me up it's it's having it's, it's like when trust and intimacy is a, is a huge part of like sex drive uh, a safe provider that you can kind of like right. have a connection with is like really you know what i've found lately is i find uh because i'm open about my sobriety not so much 12 steps but mostly sobriety a lot of people on my only mans and i'm talking like at least a message a day 
talk to me about some sort of either struggling or, hey, I've been sober this long or how are you doing today? I'm, I did some meditation. I was thinking of you. How's your sobriety? Like it's, it's kind of a crazy thing is when people see you as a person, they start to relate to you more than just sexually. Sex work is inherently a social thing. It's mm-hmm. a social construct. So it's like, so, so is being sober. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like we're the new vegans. Don't do that. <laughs> like slightly. <laughs> I don't talk to people I meet about sobriety like ever. I, I, honestly, people ask me more than I ever talk about. I love about talking it. to people about that, but that just for just because I like telling people to be like, you know, I I ate part of a TV one, <laughs> and they're just like, wow, that's a great person. Tell impression. tell the story. Uh, so I'm banned from Holiday Inn <laughs> for life. <laughs> for life for is life. like such not a flex, but to me that feels like a flex. Uh, because during one of my stints when I was getting loaded, uh, I was at a Holiday Inn Express, and at that, I was there for like five or six weeks, and um, I got so I slept once mm. for two hours yep. that whole time. Feel that. So I was up for three weeks. <laughs> I've lost my mind. <laughs> Dude, the longest I was up for was like I think eight days, and I was already batshit insane. Three weeks? Don't even Ooh, tell me. Three don't... weeks in, I was getting weird. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I had I was convinced that there was like undiscovered drugs <laughs> in the TV. I was just like, <coughs> Has anyone really eaten LED? <laughs> like you honestly, never know. if I was you there, I would have ate a bite with you. But that's actually not why I got banned. Wasn't for the TV. <laughs> Uh, so if you picture in this room, uh, there's blood on the ceiling, there's fucking half the bed is on like burned, um, just soot everywhere, What'd you rotting choose? food. Uh, why'd you burn the bed? I, by accident, I didn't have a lighter. So I was using a 500 box of matches <laughs> and sometimes they weren't out. Um, but the reason Oops. I, uh, got banned was because... I, uh, in my, halluc- so, you know, when you, when you go crazy the way I do, um, you kind of become a bit aware about it. It's weird. Like I can tell, I was like, there's people in here that are just part of my imagination. I'm well aware at a certain point I'm jerking off to the shadow people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the hallucinations was bugs. And so there was like these like round things just like flying everywhere and just like walking around going in my mouth and like oh, staying yeah. on my face. And I was just like, I have lost my shit. <laughs> like um, I'm not doing well. And then I remember like I like got somehow got out of the bed and I stepped on one of them and it turns out that they were real and they were <gasps> not hallucinations. And I had uh, introduced a cricket infestation <laughs> into the room from all the rotting food <laughs> and the crickets swarmed all over the the hotel oh, and fuck. they broke down my door because <laughs> they were coming out they knew yeah damn the honestly i used to go to this hotel called i think it was a motel called the dixie mm. in hollywood and i was i would sometimes go for a night and then sometimes i would like after a night i'm partying too much and then i like just kept buying days and days and days yeah the smell in that room when I would leave, like the alcohol, the drugs, the food, the sex smell, it was like, I still remember, my mouth is watering in a bad way thinking about it. It was just, it was so, and I knew it was disgusting. Yeah. Like I was very aware. I was like, this is kind of gross. I Did it stop me? No. No. Like, did it, did it ever make me not want to go back? No. 
the guy was like honestly like i think i could have gone longer in there like without uh-huh. without sleeping or leaving or doing because i would always get food because i thought i would like come down and eat it and then yeah, of course and, and then you can't back. then you can't fucking you have three bites and you're like oh now i want to get high again because i have something in my stomach i couldn't eat food at all i didn't eat that whole time if i came down like if i smoked a shit ton of weed and like maybe took a xanax like i could eat food and then fall asleep like while eating it but barely the smell of weed makes me want to throw up really because of that experience yeah because through all those smells of vomit and all this. Are you going to throw up? No. Uh, <laughs> two things uh, cut through. One was weed and one was uh, like those gas station like weed away sprays. Oh, They're yeah. super chemical. Uh-huh. Oh. Those give me a migraine. Dude. Honestly, weed, it's so, I feel so stupid that, not stupid, but like it feels embarrassing that weed is my biggest trigger when I literally did hard drugs like casually. But, like, I think if I, like, when I smell weed, I'm like, weed was not that bad. Weed was, like, my come-down calm drug. I've, I've hated weed much longer than I've been sober. Really? Yeah. I, honestly, if I smoked weed now, I'd go into cardiac arrest. Like, I think I'd be so anxious. Like, I am such an anxious person. Even, I mean, I just sedated myself so much on drugs. But, like, yeah. even on drugs, now if I got high, like, I could hear my heartbeat. Like, am I the first person to die from weed? Like, it's, my life is over, I think. Yeah. It's really what would happen. But, like, my head, my, like, disease is still, like, oh, it, it, you could just have a little hit of weed as a treat. And it's, like, no, because then I'm going to fucking, no. <laughs> I'm not even going to say what I would do. Oh, man. Hey, can I can I take a quick second to shout out the people I sub to? Yeah. Because I'm, like, like. Pull it up. I, yeah. I'm, I want to read you. Did you see my story yesterday? Yeah, dude. What the fuck? Dude, I think this is Jasmine's ex. So if you're listening, I just thought this message was so funny. Someone said, Jasmine, while you look at OnlyFans, I have to read it. Someone sent this to Jasmine, and it was a picture of me pissing, which made me laugh oh, really hard. Really, I was on the list. That's what it was. You're strong. Proposing when everyone can see stuff like this of your girl at any time. Laughy emoji. I'm just saying, 8 billion people, and this is what you want? That's your wife, but we all have access to her, bro. Love yourself. I want to see your wife naked. Bam. I got it. That's crazy. That's all I had to say. Wish y'all the best. And then it was another picture of my pussy. So... <laughs> Why do people hate so aggressively? I'm like, you. it's almost as if you equate only a naked body to someone's worth. Like, oh, you saw my naked body, therefore I'm not marriage material. Like, I'm pretty wifey. I'm pretty wifey. You deal with this all the time, though, I'm sure. Yeah, but Jasmine's never gotten a hate message. That was the first one. I think it's her ex. But, like, but I'm I'm saying, like, people who see, uh, they treat um, seeing somebody's body as ownership of it's, the body. And that's telling of who they are. Yeah. Like, oh, you... I, so that's saying I see someone's pussy, therefore I have ac- full access to them personally. Like, all someone is is their private parts. Right. It's such a weird thing. Right. Anyway, shout out your people. Um, no, these are just people that I think are cool. Okay. Um, so, Arabelle Raphael. Mm-hmm. You know, best source of, like, the podcast, like, or interviews and stuff is a lot of, like, where I learned stuff um she's also cool i've had a crush on her for like five years dude she's so cool consistent crush okay she's tattooed on my shoulder yeah that's so good um and her thing is at arabelle Raphael. um my friend uh valeria uh she goes by does she have purple hair no um maybe sometimes um she goes by adjust rain just rain adjust adjust rain mm-hmm. so a d j u s t dash r a i n 
Um, then there's also uh, fucking uh, Frankie. Yes. I knew you were gonna say Frankie. Frankie's cool. Shout out Frankie. Shout out Frankie. Honey milk, with a three with as a the three. e. Three. Honey X milk. Um, and then there's Kaylee. So Kaylee, um, she's somebody that I vaguely knew of um, back in the Tumblr days. Mm. She went by a different name. Um, but her thing is K-A-E underscore Y-L-I. Mm. Um, she's super rad. Um, fucking uh, Bryn Michaels. I don't Bryn, Bryn Michaels, Michaels is so cool. What does Bryn Michaels do? Uh, porn. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to porn. But she's also like, uh, I feel, I think she like throws like hardcore shows. Cool. But she like models for like some cool stuff. Uh, her thing is B R Y N N M I C H A E L S N Y. So Bryn Michaels, New York, I guess. New York. And then, uh, I guess the last one I want to throw out there is, uh, fucking, um, I, this person I, I saw through Instagram. Uh, Barbie, Barbie, B A R. It's like B A R six I E six. Okay, she's like a boxer, but she has Sick. like the, that cool like corpse paint type. Makeup. Oh, I think I saw. I think she got signed to like some influencer boxing thing. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Did. Yeah, throw me in the boxing ring. I would kill it. I would I kill it. I think I would kill it. Please, I watch UFC for fun. Last night I watched the fights. I watched crazy. porn. I'm terrible at it. No. <laughs> I watch porn, but I also think I would kill boxing. <laughs> <laughs> boxing porn sounds so sexy, though. Isn't that? That's I want to do mud wrestling. I think that's mud wrestling would be so slay. Isn't there? What's that? There is a. No, there's there's a lot of um Steve. I had Steve on the podcast, and he gets like choked out by amazing wrestlers. Okay, well, going back, though, I did not know your parents were in an arranged marriage. Yes. And you have a very cool sister. Yes. Love your sister. Wait, we should talk about you camming. How did, how did you like camming? Where did you cam? Uh, this was in college. Do you remember the site? It might have been MFC. My free cams. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because I don't think it was Chatterbait around in 2013. I don't remember. Pretty sure it was my free cams. I did it for a little bit, but like I'd also camped for pri- like private shows, mm. um, fucking to weird people. What'd they ask? Uh, they wanted me to emphasize that I was young. Oh yeah. They're like nice. Ugh. Um, but it was like a brief thing, and fucking. Like I wouldn't consider that like really a foray into sex work. I was, it was it was. It's literally. a dabble for sure. It's a dabble. I don't think I made any money. Oh, uh, I mean, camming is hard. Like to make money, like people, dude. I like it's on my to do list for this year. It's like try camming, and then in quotations, it's like really try it because yeah. I do it, and then someone's fucking gross and mean, or like someone's Kill. like, yeah. yeah, they're like, ew, you're like disgusting. Like your dad should have like 
I'm not even going to say it because it's very triggering. And then I'm like, I can't go back on for another two weeks, three weeks. And then it's like months later. I'm like, fuck, I should try it again. Shouts out to fucking camp folks, dude. Yeah. That's a grind. It's four hour lives. No, minimum four hour lives. Yeah. Like when I, I think I did it one time, like three and a half hours. And like people were like, oh, why are you getting off? And I'm like, I have to take a shit. Like I have to do, I have to <laughs> pee. Sleep. I have to do things like. And but people are on there for eight nine hours, which is so amazing. And I think people like don't realize how much work and camming is so hard to get an audience. Mm. You have to hustle. You have to be on at the same time all the time. You have to have fun little games for people because people need a little bit of fun. You know what I mean? For five hundred tokens, this machine <laughs> will start vibrating inside me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then you gotta wear that all day, and it's basically like wearing a pussy weight. Your pussy hurts after you take it out. I was like. Ugh. Okay, so how do you feel about uh, uh, safe for work? Not, I mean, well, I guess it's not safe for work. Uh, the like, e-girl Twitch streaming. I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I hate when people do what is it called a hago or a, uh, where they cross their eyes and open their mouth because of the history. <laughs> What's it called? A hago. A how? Yeah, it's like literally the history of that. Look it up. A lot of twitch streamers do it like bell delphine for example things i mean obviously bell delphine does porn now it's from porn but it's from i can't i don't want to say it's very inappropriate Uh, non-consensual acts and then people are going crazy over it and that's the shit i don't like but as long as people are doing that and then realizing that sex work paved a way to be hot and stream sure go for it but a lot of, you know, a lot of Twitch streamers I find are, like, so offended when people are like, do you have an OnlyFans? They're like, no. It's like, okay. It's so weird. Selling sexuality uh, and selling promiscuity, um, I think, I mean, I, it's perfectly fine, I think, to be, like, hella promiscuous. Yeah. Um, but you shouldn't shame sex. Just work. mind your fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> I want to Twitch stream UFC fights because I'm such a... I think that's illegal, isn't it? No, but not the not the actual fights, but just reactions to them. He got knocked out. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. I'm always like, put your hands up. Yeah. I'm like, get up off the ground, push them up. I sound so sweaty. Sound like those like people like judging because I'm like... <laughs> no, I'm literally like heavy breathing, eating Takis, and I'm like, get the fuck up. And like, meanwhile, I could never. Like, I would yeah. get my ass beat. Um, Twitch streaming is also a grind. All online things are a grind, bro. I've been doing TikTok live lately. It's a grind. It's a grind. It's very safe for work. Like I'm in my PJs, like talking. Yeah. But, dude, <laughs> it's horrible. It's it's not horrible. I love the people on it. It's just when I'm done, I have to sit in silence for thirty straight minutes. So I'm like the people on, uh, it's it's horrifying. So like, uh, when sometimes like if uh, Arabelle does does like an instagram live mm-hmm. the the fucking people in mm-hmm. there are wild mm-hmm. why it's just like she's just Flash like she's just talking about her day she's just he's just it's just a guy just like come to india now and you're like what <laughs> you're like okay <laughs> no I'm like i'm not gonna do that or they're like they're always like flash a tit they always tell me that and i'm like why would i do that tell me an unpopular opinion you have Life has no meaning. <laughs> I think that's a popular opinion. It's it's not a respected one. Um, I uh, respect that. Unpopular opinion I have. Um, 
Mine is men who are super homophobic or gay. Hmm. Uh, I think everyone, sh- anyone who's sexual should try any, like, should suck a dick and eat pussy at least once. Like, try everything once? Yeah, try everything once. Honestly, I'm a try everything twice type of person because I'll, always the first time I'm too, like, nervous. I'm, unless it's an unsafe thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, right. But, like, if I try... Like the other day, like role play for example. Do you like role play? Not really. I never I thought <laughs> I do too. I never thought I liked it. So I was like, fuck, I should try it again. And I tried it again. I really liked it. It's embarrassing for me. Like I, I always like feel slightly like if I was drunk I could probably role play anything. Yeah. Again, sobriety does take the layer of like embarrassment off. Like you're more embarrassed, I mean. I tried it. I was like, damn, I actually this is kinda fun. This is kinda horny. This is kind of interesting. But if I I'm so sex is such a thing because it's like I'm a sex worker obviously but like a lot of things trying in my personal life are slightly embarrassing hmm. for me I don't know like I'll do them for money because I, again I can justify money like oh I'm I'm doing a mommy like J-O-Y like oh come for Fire. mommy like okay <laughs> but then it's like I would never fucking want to do that in my personal life but should I try it maybe who knows if I'm into it you gotta try it here's, yeah, here's another unpopular opinion okay. uh uh People uh, are terrible. <laughs> People suck. People generally are terrible. We should take the BDSM quiz. What's that? Oh, the that that huge shard. <laughs> okay, so you know what's uh, bondage is like. One of those things I've always been super interested in, but really never did. Bondage. Hmm? There, you could probably definitely have someone who's like into shibari. Show you. Would would you want to be? What, what would you describe yourself sexually? Are you submissive? Like, what's your vibe? Failure. No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, two seconds. Keep talking. La, 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 la. What is that? Mouth spray? What is it for? Oh, your throat. I have a cut on the back of my throat. Ow. I told you I would make you tea. Nah, it's, it's fine. Um, so, what I, I describe myself as... Uh, a verse um versatile uh switch but uh with people that like i don't like bottoming in general why uh well if it if it involves being fucked in the ass it hurts but like yeah what about uh, a finger that's bottoming still is it yeah something's in your butt that's so bottom. Someone's topping. I mean, I'm a lesbian, so I think fingers are technically like you can bottom if I'm fingering your ass. Mm. But that's a, a whole other thing. <laughs> but um, because a lot of people think sex is just penetration. No, that is true. So it, it depends on the person. For I me, I come from kissing only. No, literally kissing. We've had this conversation. So far, kissing. I'm a kiss. If you're bad at kissing, I know you're bad at sex. If you're bad at kissing, we're not gonna have sex. <laughs> That's my rule too. If you're if you are good at kissing, that is the sex. <laughs> I can come from just kissing sometimes. I actually no. I can only kiss. Uh, from just kissing, but well, a I... little bit of hand like play. No, just kissing. Literally just. I respect that. I basically basically same. I was just need like a little like kiss for a long time, and then like if Jasmine touches my pussy like one time, I'll come. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like ah, like just came. Sorry. Like kissing though to me is like the most intimate thing hmm. uh, that's i'm most into it like for sex purposes yeah if for that makes sex sense. purposes so no bottoming for you um 
I mean, I've done it. I've tried it. I've not your thing. It just I just doesn't feel good. Mm. Um. I mean, I've move your fucking head closer. So <laughs> trying to ponder in your thoughts, sitting back in the I'm chair. Considering. Um, <laughs> no, but I. I think my per my personality lends itself to being more submissive. Clearly. <laughs> Yeah, but also I find people who who seem the most submissive are like down to violent, <laughs> smacking the shit, break, like breaking my. I don't neck. like dirty talk, mm. because you're already doing me a favor by having sex with me. Why would I be mean to you? That is a what joke. That's a stolen joke. What if, say that, what if they're into that? But that that sucks. I'm gonna play a record. I'm gonna play a, <laughs> like text to speech. Bitch, bitch, <laughs> you whore. Like, I'll have to do that. Honestly, like, dirty talk, I can dirty talk really easily um, in a scene. Hmm. And then in real life, like, it depends. If I don't know, it, it's a level of intimacy. If I if I don't know you that well and that's what you're into, I could probably do it. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. If I'm dating you and in love with you, um, <coughs> I'm most likely not. I, I'll praise kink someone easy. Like, I like praise kink. I think, it's, yeah. I think it's, like, the reverse of shit talking and it's still kind of in that realm i'm pretty quiet when i'm having sex i would say same more than people would assume yeah it's it's like well do you masturbate without making a noise because i i don't make a noise when i masturbate i don't make noise yeah it's because i know some people moan when they masturbate (laughs) 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 like luigi when you die (laughs) 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 so that's i always find people who masturbate silently or quiet during sex yeah, and, it, and I'm sure it bums people out. <laughs> like, you gotta do one moan in the ear for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a breathing, like <laughs> like a dog. That's happening because I'm unhealthy already. <laughs> yeah, he's no. really into it. I'm like, no, I'm having a fucking stroke. Dude, dude, I am so out of breath. When I if if I'm on top, I'm sweating. Do you vape when you're fucking? <laughs> Sometimes, dude. It's no, sweat. I that makes that no, no, no. like. <laughs> Okay, I really try not to, but sometimes it's like if it's really long, I'm like. I'd be vaping. Yeah. Honestly, if you pass the vape, I think it's fair. Unpopular opinion: If you're gonna vape during sex, you give the other person a hit. It's fine. It cancels each other out. Pem does. Like it's fine. You know Uh, what I mean? Sure. But if it's just you, like ripping in the dark with just your like light is on, (laughs) (laughs) unacceptable. I mean, sometimes it, it just helps with like. Well, I'm just a nicotine addict. No, honestly, same. And it's like an adult binky. Like, I need to, like, have it near me for emotion. How do you feel about car play? I don't want people to see me, though. I'm terrified of that. I like that. I'm a fan. As long as you're doing it in a way that people are not... (laughs) People are not, like, watching outside your car. Okay, but I'm weird with it because it's like, I, 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 I prefer not having sex at home. Why? Because Do you I, have roommates? Yeah. I don't I don't like them knowing things about me like that. That you don't want people to perceive you. Wait, you never told me what you're into. So you're into you switch. Friends. You're into friends. <laughs> you just have friends playing the show in the background? Yeah. I've never seen friends. Terrible show. Never seen it. Fuck that show. <laughs> Got off. <laughs> uh I'm into uh uh hugs. You like like sweet intimacy. I'm clearly neglected. 
Honestly, it's valid though. Like I, I find like I was doing some crazy shit when I first was introduced to sex. Some of it consensually. I can tell you where some of this comes from though. Okay. It's because I remember my uh, first girlfriend. <laughs> Neither of us had ever had our first kiss, mm. and we dated for nine months <gasps> and never kissed. Why? She wanted it to be a very special thing. Oh, on a Ferris wheel. Yeah. Girl her. who knows her worth, yeah. honestly, she was respect. Like, I want to do it on a Ferris wheel, and I was like, okay. "You got to wait for the county fair for Dude, the next year." Yeah, <laughs> and here's the thing. And then, uh, but I was also like, you know, 15 and like maladjusted, mm. so it's just like, <laughs> God damn it! I was so hyperactive as a kid. Like I was so neurodivergent. <laughs> I was hella tormented. I was so. I hate when I used to hate. I don't hate it now when people are like, oh, I was an alcoholic before I drank. I was a fucking raging alcoholic. I had never drank and I was like addicted to people, like attention. That doesn't make you an alcoholic. That just makes you maladjusted. Yeah, true. But I think like the when I took a drink, I was like, yeah, like this is what I needed. But like before then, like nothing ever made me feel settled. Like not one thing. So Se- just- that's the thing with so sex and porn, like early on was like this obsessive thing for me right like i saw uh, yeah sorry move your microphone i know in editing i'm gonna be like Sraj. <laughs> uh wait how old were you when you first saw porn young no not too young like teenager <laughs> i i remember as a kid i was nine mm. and me and my friend were like uh, it's always the friend people always a lot of a lot of guys have told me that it was with their friends well we were we were having a, ch- a chuckle we booted funny. up AOL. We typed in butt.com. And it auto. Yeah, dude, I was like, that's gonna be funny, dude. Butts are funny. And it auto corrected to pussy.com. And I just what? hear my friend just scream in the back, like, no! Pussy.com from butt.com. I don't know. But I was like, oh, they don't have penises sometimes. <laughs> oh, no. What's that hole? Yeah. No, I would just look up. I should have known I was gay. I, I knew, but like, I was like so catholic in the closet but i was like big tits boobs <laughs> big boobs i didn't know what semen was so i got, accidentally got into water sports and i was i was like yeah i'm a but i see a cute girl i'm like what if we peed on it that'd be so tight dude piss piss kink is real do you have any secret kinks uh no i have no secrets because the lord loves me <laughs> my lord and savior um uh, I mean, I like uh, spit play. Yeah. Um, I I used to really like spit play a lot, and I like it with people I care about. But sometimes, I don't know if it's because I film porn for quite a while. Hmm. Sometimes when I see people spitting a lot in each other's mouth, I'm like, what is that? Like, it kind of like, not, it doesn't gross me out, but it makes it me be like, me it makes me be like, oh, like, what have they eaten today? Like, is it like. Does it taste like? Doesn't matter. It's come from her mouth. It's tight. She's cool. She's hot. No, see, I feel that. I feel that with people I love, one hundred percent. It's so weird because I I used to masturbate to porn a lot more than I do now. Now it's like few and far between. Yeah. Like few. Like mostly, I'm like listening to frequencies, masturbating, and being like. Yeah, that's. I remember when you I first heard you talk about that. I was like, that's not. normal like don't kick it until you try it i tried it and i was like i feel stupid did you actually try it or were you like, like seeing I yourself money. i need money 
I need money. No, you should have said opportunities and abundance are all around no, me. No, no I, I need money. money. I have money. I get all the money I I need and want. You and your manifestation. We're still manifesting me a wife someday. No, you're going to have a wife. I told you. If you're listening. so. Ladies. <laughs> give me your give me your roster of what, what are good things about you. I'm funny. Yeah, you are funny. I'm funny as shit, dude. I'm hella charismatic. <laughs> I've got a cool mustache. Hella charismatic. Hella charismatic. I kind of look like Mario. Um, if he was <laughs> like not from the boroughs. Like, <laughs> um, I'm cultured. That's good. Okay, that's a good list. So anyone. Funny, charismatic, cultured. If you don't care about looks, I'm actually a real charmer. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're not allowed I'm also to talk. Evil. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk about yourself like that. But honestly, like I really relate to you. Like, when we talk and we're joking, like I I used to have severe body dysmorphia, like in a crippling way. Yeah. And like I used the only way I could joke about it was to like make fun of myself. So every time we do, I'm like, shut the fuck up, Siraj. Do you remember when you were doing a Q and A or something on Instagram? <laughs> the question I sent you for Jess. Stop. I do. <laughs> And your response immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, so I have CPTSD mm. and I think it's, uh, I believe it's a result of trauma experience when I was getting loaded. So a lot of happened as an adult, you know, as a kid, I was doing pretty good. Um, but I was assaulted, uh, I've been assaulted a few times, um, once in a sober living and then once on like a like a nightmare level grinder hookup grinder where things got real bad um god i mean i so this is what i mean by like so trauma seeks to re-traumatize 100 percent. so i found that initially um and these thoughts still come up um I will settle for lower companions, right? So I'll hook up with somebody that I find incredibly unattractive, right? Um, back in the day. I want to emphasize, like, this is, like, 24, 25, 26. Right. I'm 29. Um, but... I didn't realize that the only way to learn to appreciate healthy sex and healthy relationships is to have healthy sex and healthy relationships. Yep, same. It's not something that can be theorized. It, I can't hypothetically you think can't about You can intellectualize um, yourself no. out of that. I can't keep telling myself that one day this will be different. Yeah. So I have to engage with people differently. Yep. But early on, <clears throat> um, and this most of this stuff kind of just comes from like, uh, the real cesspool of of the internet, mm. uh, grinder, where where God shuns his kid children really. <laughs> his kid children. His Ka-chow, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, so sex and intimacy are separate things. They're very intertwined, right? Yeah. But they're they're fundamentally separate. And I thought they were the same for a long time. It's super easy to assume because like when you're intimate with somebody, they can turn you on. Right. right? Um but so, so for a while I valued people that wanted to have sex with me more than people that I wanted to be intimate with. Same. For a long time. Yeah. And I ended up walking into situations where I was like 
re- essentially re-traumatizing myself, just being like um, high risk, you know. Um, I remember one time, like, and, you know, thankfully, you know, not I'm good to go, but uh, like halfway through hooking up with somebody and they're like, by the way, I have HIV mm-hmm. and being like, you kind of like a little bit of like a flash of your whole life being like, oh, this like, is... thank you for not telling me. Um, and I was, and like, the, and... which is a form of assault, by the way, fully 100%. Oh, yeah. Uh, put that on the list. I mean, that's the same with people with like stealth, like they would take off their condom or stuff like that. Like that's assault as well. Anything that is like you haven't consented to happen to you that right. is happening. And I think a lot of people don't want to hear that because it's so common. It's so weird. I see a lot of people making jokes about um, how uh, direct you have to be with, with consent, right? Mm, yeah. And people are like, oh, it takes away the magic, you know, this, the nuances. No. I'm like, I'm like... If you're seeing it as nuances, then you're participating in the in the problem, right? right? Because like these 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 nuances are some of our biggest regrets, right? You know, so I I essentially would just keep I would like hook up with folks um, that I was like I would never even be your friend. Mm. Oh, same. You know. Um, and it's, it's tricky. I feel like, uh, I have a lot of social, like I have such gnarly social anxiety, right? Yeah. So it's really hard for me to meet people in general, even in a romantic way. Um, I find myself wandering into like dynamics that are like a preset, right? Like I'll, uh, be in an open relationship with, or like try to be in an open relationship with somebody. Um, but like, I'm always like the fourth guy there you know what i mean yeah. like i'm like look if you got room for one more i'll slide on in <laughs> like i'm here um because it's less vulnerable honestly it's less vulnerable there's the stakes are lower yeah it almost feels I, like. I did the same thing that's i can relate to that i it honestly it makes me confused if like if i'm if i prefer mon- monogamy to polyamory sometimes mm. um i like like if I if I were to paint my ideal relationship, it would be filled with autonomy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd love being able to text somebody, send them silly animals and stuff. You know what I mean? Us. It's a picture of two cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also like we don't have to see each other the whole time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like physically, like we don't have to spend the night every night. I like that idea of like, um. We should both be happy by ourselves and like, bring our whole selves. I think that's selves. so important to any yeah. relationship right. as well. Because then you get convoluted with, like, who am I without you? Yeah. Which, well, even monogamy and polyamory, like, that is needed for both of those things. Right. I feel like dating apps have also been just, like, a weird, tricky thing. I fucking, once again, like, let's get, if we go back to, like, what I get out of seeing a provider. Right. I'm pr- like there's oftentimes I'd rather just pay somebody that I know is nice to me. Yeah. Then having the chance of someone that you meet being like the absolute worst. I just don't meet people mm. very often. That's the thing, you know. Um it's hard to it's like maybe it's hard to sell this. No, it's not. 
I no, th- it is. I don't think it is. I think dating, the thing about dating apps is a lot of it is superficial. And I think though, depending, like, like I know as a cis female, if I were to turn on female to male on Tinder, I could match with as many, I mean, some people wouldn't match All. me. No, if they knew I was a whore, none. But if it was just, oh. if it was just a picture of me with like a push-up bra in a bikini, that is, the, they don't care. They don't give a fuck about my life. Like I could fuck as many people as I wanted. But when I post a picture of me in a push-up bra in a bikini, <laughs> zero likes. No one swipes right. But the difference between me and like, I'll be like trying to date women yeah. as well. It the dating pool is extremely small. Not just because I'm gay. I'm just saying like I find it. I find men. It is easier. It is like something that I don't even know the right words. It's just like they are more down to lower their standards. Yes. They don't give a fuck who you are. They just want to have sex. Whereas women are like, oh, I want this emotional connection, which is very intense to build through a dating app. Like that is a lot of pressure. It's interesting. Like I've had opportunities um, with with folks to like, like this could be a relationship. And I remember... um, some of them are sober, some of them are not. And I and I found myself like it and it, it sucks to realize that you raised your standards and it's a good thing to be proud of, but like blessing, you're though. but you're opting out, mm-hmm. right? But like I found myself being like, Okay, so I prefer people who are independent and like employed and like maybe have a car. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, working on themselves. Yeah. And, like, the, and it sounds silly to talk about now, but, like, I've had opportunities where I'm, like, this could become a relationship if I lowered my standards. Yeah. And then, but again, I, it's, then it's, I don't. It's going back to the choosing to be healthy or not. Once you are, you get the privilege of knowing that you can do better and be a better person, it's on you to decide if I'm okay with that or if I'm not. Once you've had that experience too, you know that they also have that choice. A lot of yeah, time. a lot of people do. And I think it's weaponized incompetence. A lot of people nowadays. Oh, yeah, helplessness? Yeah, where it's like, oh, well, I didn't know this. And it's like basic human decency is not something that you didn't just know. Yeah. Like it's something that you are choosing to not engage in. You're choosing to actively hurt my feelings or manipulate the situation or just be a shitty person. And then pretending like, oh, I, but I didn't know. You knew. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like, I don't know if it's me being in like 29 or like me being sober for five and a half years or me like trying to date in 2023 or something. <laughs> but like, dude, if you, you being funny and cute and nice are the only like important personality aspects. That's not a hard ass though. That It's not. It's not. It's really not. But I'm also not going to date someone I'm not attracted to, even if they're fucking cute and nice. I hate saying that, but like, I mean, it's, clearly at least I'm not in a position to be picking. But no, that's not true. Anyone, I think honestly, having boundaries for yourself, no matter yeah. what they are, like that's what I say. It's like me and six other people could think this person is whatever the shit, yeah. but maybe they are like our morals don't align, or maybe they're into like strictly EDM music and doing Molly. Like, oh, maybe that doesn't work for me, but everything else is good. They're perfect for someone else. What I've also found, though, and I've been really fortunate, and it's like having people like you in my life and like other friends in my life where like I've, uh, uh, I've been able to actually uh, create an idealized image of who I'd want to be with, right? Because the reality is the dream partner 
tends to be some amalgamation of your closest friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have this person's personality. Yeah. Like this person, or like this person. person, like their love language, how they show me affection or whatever. What's your love language? Acts of service, quality time. My, do you want? You, you, oh, and words of affirmation. You know what mine is. What? Yes. Gift giving. Yeah. 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 You love well, giving, but I'm you know, you know right how I show love though is different than how I want to like like I love because there's two different right like how if you go through your thing do you like being given gifts? No one ever gives gifts. But do you? Do you like it? Yeah. So then maybe that that's the, the case for me because I love like like Jasmine's love language is not the exact same as mine. Hmm. How she wants to be loved, like I had to find out. So that's the hard part as well as you. <laughs> tiny little jar oh my god it's so cute and still so sticky yeah, it's from the olives. it's it's from the olives this like tiny little olive jar we don't contend stealing here i promoted this is so fucking cute this is tinier than my pinky finger a little jar it's a mini jar you can't tell right now but it's so fucking cute but so like like being said is like i had to figure out because like the way i want to be loved is not how people like to be loved right so like I agree though like how my friends like care about me ta it taught me a lot in being in a healthy relationship because again like I was never in a healthy relationship before I got sober like yeah. never one time and yeah. in, in the op it, it was I was actively participating in the unhealthy behavior it's weird coming from like having uh so like I have no background in what dating would really look like mm. because like my parents had an arranged marriage so there's no like advice in that angle you know it's just like well do they have a happy relationship though yeah. They do, and uh, so then you have a sustainability though level. I have, and but like they will openly say, the fulcrum of their relationship is is their kids. Mm. You know what I mean? Do you want kids? Yeah, of course. Of course, that yeah. don't nowadays. I want, I want, I want a little 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 fellow, and then baby. I'm I'm gonna tell them these are the cool bands and these are the not cool bands. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's it. And then I'm going to throw them up in the air. And then catch her. Him. Yeah. Well, maybe. But, <laughs> I mean, so, there's something, like, so if I were to, like, describe my nature, like, deep down, it's I'm a very maternal person. Mm. And, I don't know. It's, it's, like. It's really hard nowadays, though, like, and I've, like, said this before, and, like, most, uh, some people agree, some people don't. I think everyone, if they want to, should have casual sex. But with that being said, I think casual sex... Because I did a lot of casual sex. I am not at all at all slut-shaming or even, like, joking, like, in a negative way. I do think, though, casual sex has, like, set up a lot of people to not know how to have long-term relationships with people. Because for me, it's like, we have sex, now what? Oh, like, I had sex before I had a conversation with them a lot of the times. So then we're going backwards, and I'm like, well, what do you even like? And then they're like oh, I watch Old Yeller every day. And I'm like, what? how the fuck did we just have sex? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> because I didn't tell you that before. <laughs> like, like I, I didn't know a basis of, like, emotional, like, conversational intimacy. I was easily okay with, like, you know, sex felt more comfortable than conversation, which I think sometimes it still does. I mean, now that I'm sober, sex is fucking scary. I do have sex for work, which feels different, but conversations are just as scary i think we don't have a good baseline of like how to have healthy relationships right now like it, it, unless your parents are giving you 100 percent, and sometimes people have such amazing parents with such good relationships that it's almost an unattainable standard yeah 
most people I know have divorced parents or have parents who should be divorced and they're like, well, I don't want that. And then they end up falling into a cycle or they have parents who are like perfectly together and they're like, oh, no one will ever match up to what my parents are. I think parents used to be how people learned relationships. Nowadays, I'm not sure that's so much true. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their archetypes. I think, um, but I think there's also like, if you're earnest and you're like, you're self-searching, you'll understand the qualities where you lack well you have to be able to like be honest with yourself that and that's huge and that's the thing it's it really comes down to like being willing to have conversations about emotional intimacy you know what i mean yeah can you learn like because you can learn to be empathetic Mm -hmm. for the most part and you can learn to be vulnerable for the most part i'm still learning how to be vulnerable right like it, it takes a willing participant, a participant as well, though, to have those. You can't just like practice. You can practice vulnerability alone, but like with someone else is a whole other thing. Yeah, it's hard. It sucks. Learning communication is also so vulnerable. Like all the things are. I I don't know. I think also my therapist says this, which I don't know. She's a little older, so maybe it's not true. I think being able to talk to someone through a phone also is fucked up. Not phone calls. No one fucking wants to do phone calls. Everyone's texting, and it's like, well, then I see you. Like it's like, have you ever had a fight with someone, and then you're like, I want them to leave so I can text them about this. Like it's easier to text the fight. Like Jasmine. Like I remember when we first met. Like we didn't even have a real fight. I was just like, upset. And I was like, I want her to leave so I can text her about this, which now I would never do that. But like in my head, it's so much easier to be like, let me take a breath. Let me send this to my friends. What should I say? And it's like, you can't do that in a conversation. You can't. But I think the thing with like being attached like to like technology and social media and stuff like that is like people are struggling to adapt to being by themselves physically and how to engage with somebody when they're around people and when they're not around people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, when you're texting somebody, you kind of have the option to never be by yourself. Yeah. You know? Someone's always there. Thankfully, no one ever responds to my... T- <laughs> <laughs> no, but even, like, the fuck just texting, like, with social media, like, oh, well, I'll just watch this YouTube video of someone eating while I eat. Like, I do that all the time. I'm not alone. I'm eating alone, but, like, I feel like someone's there. Or, like, I'm bored in the shower. I'm listening to a podcast. Hmm. Like, small things that people without a phone do so casually. Now that I have a phone, I'm so dependent on it. So take that into a relationship. It's, like... Take that into dating. Yeah. It it makes it, like... I mean, it's weird. It's, like, I... The nice thing about social media for me, though, is, like, I'm... if, If I want somebody to know who I am... They can see my Instagram. Everyone wants to stalk. Like, I like when someone doesn't have an Instagram, I'm like, what? How? <laughs> like, how am I going to stalk you? I want to yeah. perceive you before I even interact with you. I have a friend, Megan, who uh, has success. The whole time I've known her for like five years now, she's never had social media. That's like Julia, too. Like, people, I like, there's so many people. Not, that's a lie. There's not so many people. There's like randomly people I meet, and I'm like, oh, you just like live your life without worrying or thinking like first thing i do when i wake up is like oh i'm gonna go on tiktok okay now what am i gonna do for work i'm uh, it's isn't it a little different for you though because yeah it's an income but i think even it? before then it was slightly like that maybe more now probably more now but before then i think i was still reliant on especially when i'm single which i i was single for many years i was like i need someone to i don't want to be lonely i don't want to be with myself so, being a sex worker, how has that affected making new friends? 
Mm. For the most part, I think living where we do, it doesn't affect it that much. But I think I'm always worried somebody wants something. Mm. Or they're perceiving me in a way. Or, or I'm their whore friend. Or you could, it, It's different depending on the type of person. Yeah. It's interesting. I want I want to throw this out there because it's um it's a question I've had for myself. Uh, so very like very good friends of mine mm-hmm. who have like OnlyFans and stuff. Um, I'd like to like you know when we hang out and you know, like we'll get dinner, we'll do whatever, right? I don't follow super close friends on OnlyFans all the time. Yeah, and it's weird, and I don't know how to pin that. You what know do you mean? mean? Like. For example, like I don't follow you. No, I don't think you'd want to. I mean, it's it's like I want to support, but like I don't. I think there's other ways to support. That that's the thing that going back to like people consuming free porn, like there's so many ways to support. Like I think emotionally supporting friends. I mean, look, if someone really needed financial support, I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's weird. But I find for me, a lot of the people. I bet there's people who know me that subscribe to me that don't tell me. Like, I do bet that, especially yeah. people who meet me through a friend of a friend, and they're like, oh, well, I heard well, you. Well, what about, so, people that you know through, like, AA or whatever, right, who then follow you, like, do you feel like that impedes, your, like, affects being a friend with them? I don't think it affects me, but sometimes I, like, get, like, slightly a tinge of anxiety when someone's like, oh, like, oh, I don't follow you on Instagram. And I'm like... Because they know me as me, which yeah. I'm a sex worker, yes, but I also am multifaceted. Like, I have other personalities for sure. Puzzles. Puzzles. <laughs> and eating food. <laughs> so they know me, like, how they would know. Like, they think, oh, like, she cusses a lot. She's vulgar and, like, whatever. <laughs> That's what people tell me. I'm like, okay. But then they follow <laughs> me on Instagram, and then they see me in a work way. Because my Instagram's still me. Like, I'm still kind of myself with the tone of sexual. Yeah. So then they see me like that, and that's when I find that's the making friends part that's weird. Is once they see my job, then I can decide if they're. There is definitely like an order of operations here. If somebody, so how about this? How often have you run into people that become friends after they were first subscribers or clients? Never. Uh, one time. Uh, Anna Angel. Oh, nice. She subscribed to me. Um, That's tip- almost like a coworker. <laughs> no, it's a coworker friendship, but like I, I consider her a friend. She, yeah. she tipped me for my birthday and was like, "Hey, uh, I love you." Yeah. Like she was like, "Love your content" or something. Like just wanted to support you, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like you're so beautiful and sweet. And I'm pretty sure I messaged. She said it on the podcast. I forget. She like, I messaged her on Twitter like, "You're so sexy. Want to work or something?" Which I would never say to do, but since we were both following each other on OnlyFans. I didn't really mean it predatory. Like, so then we became, we started collabing and then we became friends. But that, when it's a sex worker, that is almost always the case. Exactly. I I don't know any other person who's just been a subscriber that then in my casual life is then becomes my friend. I've heard somebody say, uh, that was a sex worker, that is a sex worker say like, I will, I've had clients become friends, but I hate, when friends become clients i don't like that i i would kind of agree is that i've had like i've had clients that i still to this day if they were like hey i'm not doing good like i would call them and be like hey are you okay like i do care about you like genuinely care about you but if a friend was like hey i want to pay you this much amount of money you know actually what i found is that 
people who are my friends and they know what I do, this is very rare, but a lot of the times they want to get at my sex work friends or they want me to refer them. Aha. They want me to refer them to an escort. Here's my reference. They'll say like at like two in the morning, like, hey, like, do you are any of your friends like available? That's such a wild thought. I, I can't imagine just calling you and be like, Hank, I need a reference I'm for like, a provider. I'm like, I am in bed. And also like respectfully, none of my friends, if I texted them right now, would be like, They'd be like, hey, did, yeah. did I give, did you give me any warning for bookings? Did you like, can I screen? Like they, it, it, they wouldn't be like it, but since they see me like that, they assume I'm like a pimp in a way. Yeah. It's like a plug. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't like that. It feels like a plug yeah. and that happens a lot. And that's something that I feel like I don't ever actually think about or talk about because I've kind of just, it's like normal to me. It's, 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 so the reason I brought up the question is because I was thinking about like how I interact on OnlyFans, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is just like, just me just sending music no, <laughs> i have i have a lot of subscribers like and i feel really blessed because i have a lot of like non-binary and women subscribers like mm. i feel fucking blessed mm. like i truly do that are so chill like oh mm. I, I saw this this tv show i thought you would like or yeah. oh you posted this song on your story and here's another song or like here's a cute picture of my cat and it's like that shit I love, and yeah. that's like my favorite subscribers, like that I reply to constantly. So that's so that so that's like the big, that's what I wanted to talk about too was uh, parasocial relationships, mm -hmm. right? Where I've I've found like a lot of the if, a lot of the people that I interact with with sex work like like somewhat providers, not so much, but like, but like on OnlyFans for sure is is essentially parasocial relationships. Yeah. I like the idea of having somebody I find attractive uh, pretend to be my friend. Yeah, you know, but I've I've gotten so deep into that before where I'm like, <sighs> are we friends actually? Like, is are we actually? Friends? I have a couple kind of, cool. of genuine. Well, actually, going back to your question, I have two people who have been subscribed to me since the day I started OnlyFans that I genuinely like know about their life and care about them yeah. like not like day-to-day -day talking like texting but like every month or so we'll have like a 30 minute back and forth conversation and i'm like oh did you go on that date with that girl or like how is your grandma doing like oh let me see a picture of your dog like i know their life yeah and so it's like are we friends or like it's a weird line but i would say they consider me friends and i consider them a friend but it, it's 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 hard. It's hard, especially when you also take into account that, like, you know, especially, uh, you know, some folks who are have a lot of DMs mm -hmm. uh, have to, you know, outsource yeah. responses. See, that's that's the whole thing too. Having a social relationship to someone to manage, <laughs> which accident. is a real thing, yeah. and like that's a lot of people like uh, have gotten mad at me uh, a lot. Is I keep saying a lot. It's not true. Like I'd say five percent of people have gotten mad at me for like answering like two days late or something, and I'm like. Hey, look, oh, this is me. This is me. Yeah. Like, I don't have, I don't have a manager. I am, I got 107 DMs yesterday and I'm exhausted after filming and editing and posting and queuing and blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's why people outsource is because it's like, it is exhausting. So yeah. then our, that's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a fantasy in a lot of different ways. Cause people, cause you're trying to, um, uh, not pander, but like you're, you're trying to like work with like a lot of different types of clientele. Some people are into you strictly for like 
this type of content and some people are in are like subscribed because they they like some people are subs- uh, and again back to the sobriety like some people will be like saw you make a sobriety tiktok like i'm 14 days sober like love your content wanted to subscribe like thank you hmm. and so and then there's also people who are like show me the piss like content yeah. or like i need like a foot Sometimes it's all three <laughs> It could be. It could be all three. I've had people who have been like, "Hey, I'm sober." Fourteen days sober. Show me the piss. Where's your piss content? And do you do foot customs? Like, it, it, everyone is. That's kind of the part that I think keeps it slightly exciting. Is that you never know what you're gonna fucking get. Yeah. Is it a death threat or is it a five dollar tip? So horrible. You'll never know. Yeah. It's a just a little fun Tuesday on the job. You know what I mean? Like you never know. That sounds awful. I'm so numb to it in the worst way. It's actually like I think it's. You're desensitized. I'm so desensitized. Like a death threat won't get me. Like hit me hard. Like tell me like. So don't do not give. I was gonna here. say something really mean, but no, don't. Like you. Be nice to Hank, or I'll kill you. <laughs> you would have to say something very personal, or like threaten someone I care about. Like that's it. Other than that, I'm like, oh, you're you subscribe to tell me this. Ooh. Like imagine buying someone's. OnlyFans to then tell them to die. <laughs> like, thank you for the ten dollars you're getting blocked. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. It's 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 very interesting. Do you ever find it's like scary to message people on OnlyFans? Like, are you ever worried, or you're just like? I, I usually send an animal. <laughs> like a little cute meme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not scary. I uh, I've never I've. Okay, I've never been scared to like message somebody on on OnlyFans, but I've definitely been very insecure. About what? Of like how I'm being perceived. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm like I've had moments of being like, dude, I feel like I'm coming off like clingy, mm. or like yeah, clingy would be the word. You know what I mean? Or just like over invested, or like or somebody that's clearly missing the point. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. You're like, hey, how was your day? And they're like, fucking, I just posted five anal gate videos. <laughs> Buy a video? Like, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm here to do business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, depending on the range of success is, like, depending on the accessibility to the person. Right. So, that's why a lot of people like Girl Next Door vibes is because they think they're, like, an accessible person who, like has nothing better to do basically that's what they think and then there's people who are actively working so much and they're like are you gonna buy something because this is a waste of my time right and they might be very genuine people they just have so much to do there and the thing is they're absolutely right to be like look i'm i'm this is my income and like right you know talking is cool but like like are you spending money yeah are you uh, like because then you just become what's the fucking term not like a haggler but like, uh, like a, a flake free, a freeloader yeah freeloader you know what i mean yeah um that's why anytime someone even if it's a five dollar tip if they tip me and they're like hope you're having a good day even though it's only five dollars and honestly it probably technically is considered a waste of my time to talk to them all the time i'm still down because yeah. it's like you respect me enough that you tip me like Anytime you message me, I will respond something. Right. My my biggest pet peeve, and it's the same fucking reason why I made the last podcast, is that people subscribe. So I hit 100,000 followers on Twitter after yep. it was deleted. It was deleted the day I was before. So I just hit it yesterday. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my OnlyFans free for the month because I haven't done a sale in forever. So many girls, and I checked their pronouns. It's girls who are working in OnlyFans subscribed to me for free and said now give me tips about OnlyFans. Mm. 
how does that work? How that's the only time in which I genuinely get upset because I'm like, this doesn't feel fair. For, and first of all, like I spent hours making PDFs and doing all these things, and I post all the time about tips. Like I'm not like a, a gatekeeper in that sense. But also, why do you think that I am the person to educate you on this? Mm. I have tip menus posted. I have so many things, so many resources, and they're like that. They're like, well, can you describe more? Like I'll give them a really short answer. Like, oh, this is what I do X Y Z, and they're like. I need more details. I don't understand. Because well, because well, people want to know how they 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 they're looking for an answer you can't give. Well, it's like I don't know what will work for you. I right. am not you. This is what works. I've been doing this for three years now. On I mean, I was doing sex work way before then, but online sex work, and it's like it's changed for me throughout the years. When I first did it, it was a different answer, and in five months, it'll probably be a different answer. I mean, you could. Have you ever considered, like, doing a paid mentorship type thing? I have, but I also feel so fucking cringy to even assume that I am but qualified. But your time is valuable. But that's why I made the podcast. So it's like, at minimum, and I don't get paid for the podcast, but I was like, at minimum, it's a very detailed thing. You can go do it. And I don't feel like a bitch being like, hey, actually, my time is worth a lot of things. Mm. Because some people don't have money. Yeah. And I don't want to be a bitch and be like, you have yeah. to buy it. So it's like, I've given a, a lot of tips and I've done a lot of things. And, like, there are obviously some things I didn't answer because it's case by case. You're going to have to figure out those things. But which one do you hate more? The people coming in asking for tips and tricks? Or the Bella Thorns who come in and just push everything to the side? Oh, the Bella Thorns. I'll take the tips and tricks any day. I'll take someone genuinely interested in sex work and genuinely wanting to know. Even if they're not doing it the right way, they probably mean well. I'll take that any day. I hate when... Especially, actually, and this might be kind of classist of me. I hate when rich people who are already rich come into sex work. Oh, don't give, don't give a fuck about everyone surviving to do yeah. it, and then make their bag and then shit on sex workers. Yeah. Why? You already have fucking money. Like yeah. you don't need the money. Respectfully, you don't fucking need the money, and also you're not doing anything to benefit this business. So, what is the correct way to become informed about? doing i think what you've done which is well to, about doing sex work is what i did which was reddit i, f I looked mm -hmm. at forums on reddit not all of them are good you have to sift through it it's not gonna be one end all tell all you know that's like here's the exact things you should do honestly i'm that podcast i made is pretty in informative you can listen there's other podcasts where people talk about it there's especially now when i started there wasn't as many people on OnlyFans. There's YouTube tutorials now. Yeah. Like genuine, there's Reddit YouTube tutorials. There's how to work the OnlyFans website. It's literally just as easy as Google. Yeah. And and not just finding the first thing, but like going in a rabbit hole. But it's also like uh, tempering expectations too. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it's with the people, market. with the people being like, you're gonna make a lot of money. Yeah. That's that's, not true. that's the whole problem. The yeah. truth is, is that people are lying. Yeah. And some people do make a lot of money. And even... Some people come into it with a lot of money. Pe people who have a lot of followers and people who have families with money are already at a privileged stance. Right. They're told they have enough money to book out shoots, to book out photographers, to get promo from people, to pay people, pay expensive people to come collab with them. That's a privilege. They're going to go farther in life. So have you given any thought to like studio work? I don't want to go to a company that doesn't care about people yeah. or is racist or does things that are unsafe. It's scary because it's like there are so many safe places, but just as many safe places, there are unsafe places. So I'm, I'm interested in studio work, but I, I'm aware with just like I told the person, like, please Google your stuff. 
Yeah. I need to do that more. I haven't sat down and given it enough attention. Yeah, but doing your research, when you, here's the thing, and this is not exclusive to sex work, but like when a lot of times when people say, tell somebody, well, you got to do your research, they're also kind of saying like, you need to make mistakes and yeah. learn from experience. Too. Yeah. Like you have to, like the way a lot, way a lot of people learn is like by having like 2% of the information that they need. And then just fucking it up. That's like, over the same and over with the, again. That's why people get upset about the OnlyFans thing. Is it's because it's like I didn't really know shit. I figured it out. It took me years to figure out what works. Hmm. So to tell you what works for me is not going to work for you. You need to live and experience that. But I can't tell someone that because it's like I want you to do it as safely as possible. But at the same time, like nothing I'm going to say is going to prepare you for things that might happen. I think a lot of folks, especially during the pandemic, saw like things like OnlyFans is like you know the wild west mm-hmm. of just being like there's money to be had here, and but I've I've also heard it. I, it might have been you, I think, that actually said like there's enough money for everyone. Yeah, there is. Everyone can eat. Yeah. Depending, and that's what I the thing that like I could talk shit all day on OnlyFans. Like, trust me, I could. Like, I really could. The platform is shit, but what I like is how inclusive it is. Where it's like whoever you are you can you can eat you can make money if you market right everyone can whereas like mainstream porn is like not really there yet Mm -mm. Mm -mm. same with escorting i think a lot of people there is a clientele for everyone for everyone ages size race whatever but let's be realistic the people who are making the most money are skinny blonde girls who are white white yeah uh you know what i've always found kind of strange uh porn conventions Really? Yeah. I've never been. They scare me. It it seems intense. Well, I don't like social settings. I think porn conventions can be really good to spread your audience, though. And also, I think a lot of people who consume porn want to see the face. They want to put the the face. I think the coolest thing about meeting someone from porn is, for some reason, it's like seeing how tall they are. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm like, oh, you are small. <laughs> Real quick, uh... Because we're talking about porn, I'm gonna shout out uh, Jesse Lee. I don't know Jesse. Uh, she's she's very cool. She's a, a long-standing porn performer. She was just in a car accident, mm. um, and so she's she could use some financial support because nice. um, she can't work for the next few weeks. Her Instagram is Jesse J E S S I E X L E E. Yeah, if you can if you can donate something, help her out. That'd be nice. Cool. Yeah. Also, I always say I'm like tip your favorite sex workers at any time because a lot of people make content and then like something comes up and they can't, they can't shoot or like even like something as like getting your period, but like some people have like very intense periods or like breaking a fucking toe. You're not going to want to shoot or your phone's broken. You can't provide just always it's best. But a lot of people think that sex workers just have money. I don't know. I think a lot of people also just assume that sex workers have nothing going on other than mm-hmm. to, to perform. Yeah. You know? They think that's what they live for. And it's like, dude, this isn't fucking 7-Eleven. Like, <laughs> can't just come in whenever and get exactly what you want. Exactly. You want. Oh, my God. The cost. I have this guy right now who's pissing me off. I might leave the center. I might not. And it's grossing me out. Okay. And I think I might block him because this is just an example, but things like this have happened a lot. He found me through mini vids. 
he's probably fucking gonna listen to this but he found me through many vids whatever another channel of avenue uh, revenue for money is og <laughs> i love many vids and he, i have like a video of me like humping a pillow in a hotel like till i come don't look at me like that <laughs> and he was like love this video so much i want a custom and i was like of course i can do it i can do a custom easy of that yeah it doesn't require someone else it's not anal like it's i'm in it's a pillow like i'm down yeah. like humping a pillow feels good like it's fine and then he was like okay yeah but while you're doing it i want you to disclose like the history of your masturbation like when did you start coming like this like how All old right, were Freud. you <laughs> no he was like how old were you and i was like you're a fucking weirdo <laughs> like he was like how young like he kept uh, saying and i was like i can't do this like you're asking me to like you want to picture me as a child like you're a fucking yeah. weirdo and he messaged he messaged me like 17 times in a row about it you're uh, it takes a lot for me to block someone yeah. you're about to get blocked sorry yeah. you're about to get blocked at this point I, I don't understand how people can be like heinous like that sometimes Pe well bro i still feel bad about the tattoo and frankie what i think about that every other day what when i asked uh frankie if i was like can i get a tattoo of this and they're like super comfortable i'm like i am a failure of a man no you asked and i understand i think it's really respectful every person i have tattooed on me has consented no that's but you like i people have tattooed me they haven't I saw, asked me i saw the way they haven't asked me i think it's still sick yeah. i love it but like i think if someone got like my pussy on them and then didn't tell me i'd be like okay i'd be like okay i guess i mean it depends on who it was and how they did it but like i i think it's very valid that you asked i don't think it's embarrassing have you ever ordered a custom yeah actually fun fun fact uh this is not that fun um uh when i was uh in a shady part of my life right uh i didn't know i was technically ordering a custom right so I got a custom video made for me mm. via email. Whoa. Sick. Um, this was like in 2015, mm. 14. Wow. Uh, I emailed this uh, porn star, Corey Chase, to make a, a, a very specific video. What was it? You have to tell me. It was, uh, it was like uh, mom takes her virginity. It was on a lot of meth. It's on a lot of meth. I was hitting my vape. I almost just choked. <laughs> I think I paid like three thousand dollars. Oh, <gasps> wow! Yeah, so keep in mind, I was not. No, safe you're on money, I understand. You know? <laughs> not legal money. I'm not judging. Right? I, have, and, I have been on drugs. And so, for the so, I basically got a porn studio custom, right? And uh, and then you know I I never watched it. Well, Why? Like, no, I mean, like at the time, mm. like I, I, so I think I, I started going to like psych wars around mm. then. Years later. Oh, you found it. Uh, it's on like Pornhub and X videos. Mm. With like ten million views, every time it's reposted by her. Damn. And it says my name over and over again. What do you mean? <laughs> like, she's talking to Siraj, and she's uh, saying Siraj, 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 throughout the video. It's like a 30-minute video. Holy shit. And how, did, how did you, um, how do you feel about, like, customs being posted after, like, years after? You know, I'm, I'm gonna be real. Every so often, I'll, I'll go see if anyone is in the comments being like, who the fuck 
Yes, sir. <laughs> Has anyone said that? Nope. Because I don't give a fuck. Um, it's like, I'm not that important. <laughs> but as far as like customs, this is going to sound stupid. So I've gotten a custom from mm-hmm. Angel uh, of her telling me her favorite concert experiences. I love that. I have a custom from Arabelle, Raphael, uh, that I watch pretty frequently. It's and it's just it's just a video of her talking about like believe in yourself. <laughs> like affirmations. Okay, yeah. No, I love that. Um I've done like tarot reading customs. I've done like talking about my day. I like shit like that. It's way more fun than the sexual things, honestly. Like truly. Those are the customs I usually get is, is like when I do get a custom, it'll be like I just if I'm, because I, like, I just want to talk to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the connection through like emotional intimacy. Minutes. Yeah. 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 Like hang out with me. Like let's, yeah. let's like pretend. Let's role play that we're, can you role play that we're friends? Yeah, dude. The saddest sentence known to me. No, but that's yeah, like. we're going to RP like we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> me, are you into role play? You, not really. <laughs> but. It, it's valid though. I think it's good. I think it's like pe- more people, if they were less embarrassed and less shameful, would get a lot out of providers yeah. for what 100%. they needed. I think a lot of people think that also that providers are so horny and like all the only custom I want to do is like me like pretending to fuck myself like it's you. I love things like that that are like casual. Like that's more fun to me. Or like let me make tea while we talk or something, yeah. you know, like that feels more natural and more fun. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I there's definitely like a like so. I, this is something I've seen with providers too. With like, a, and I've never gone this a, a PSE. What's that? So, Pumpkin spice latte. Yes, that's that. Those are the letters. So you know, GFE's girlfriend experience. PSE's porn star experience. Oh. And so like, you know, I don't even know what that would necessarily entail. Is it just like, basically, what you would picture yeah. a porn like how they are? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do that without knowing it's PSE. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, I think uh, I think some people, especially like, you know, providers that are also like do studio work, mm-hmm. um, they'll like they can they'll advertise that sometimes. They're like, look, I, tr- I think there's different avenues here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, that's smart. I think it's like. When I started, though, I didn't know. Again, it's the figuring out as you go. Like, I did not know what people wanted. Like, I, I didn't know how to just be myself. I was also on drugs. So, like, I, well, I, at that point, it wasn't, like, too deep. I was mostly drinking a lot. But I didn't know. I was like, well, how, how would they want it to be? Not, like, how would I be? So I think that's changed a lot. Like, now it's not as much like, oh, God, I'm so scared that they're not going to be happy. It's more like if they're not happy, they should have gone to a different person because yeah. they know how I am and what I do. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm not a great representation of most consumers of porn because of my interest. I think it's good to see that it's not all the same thing, yeah. though. I, like, I think everyone thinks that people who consume porn, like, especially men, are, like, a certain way. Yeah. I, it's not true. I'm not horny all the time. No. I'm actually not that horny ever. I know there's a lot of sex workers who would agree that because I'm not that horny all the time. And then there's also a lot of sex workers who I don't know if it's their brand off. or if it's genuine. Like yeah. they they say they're horny all the time. I'll believe them. Maybe they are. I think there's different levels of sex drive for a lot of people. Yeah. And finding a provider that you think fits yours is good. 
because you never know. I feel like we covered so many things. Forgot to use the word simp. Like, I think, <laughs> no, no, because, like, I think that's, like, the client stigma, right? Mm-hmm. Of, like, if you participate as a client of sex work or a purchaser or anything like that, you're, like, you're, like, it's so interesting that they've somehow tied masculinity and its constructs to how you engage with sex work like so stupid like if you're not shame ridden or hating it yeah you're then, a you're, simp. then you're a failure yeah you know? and you're like a little simp like bitch boy yeah i have to piss really bad simp. so i have to end this podcast are you gonna cut this in two no oh god just a three hour run through i'll cut some of it out but most likely it won't be here so if this is a really long episode sorry about that Hello. But people people have been asking like people like long podcasts because they like cleaning or they're in their cleaning. car or in their car. <laughs> Dude, when I clean, I listen to podcasts. I can't listen to podcasts in my car anymore, but we can talk about that after. Okay, I love you. Thank you for coming on. Love you, Hank. Bye.